So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Hallelujah. Um, well, it's a pleasure to be back here. Um, without a doubt, this is one of my favorite churches uh, for many reasons. Um, of course, our relationship, Shola and I, with uh, Dave and Karen. But um, in addition to that, I just love the fact that this church prays. I love the praying culture that's in this church. Um, and as I came in, and drove onto the premises and walked in, into the, the, the room to have a chat with Dave. I just, I just sense such a presence of God um, in this place. And I'm sure it's the same uh, at Leicester. It's the same at Cambridge. And for those connected online, I'm, I'm certain it is the same. And so we believe, God, that this 21 days is going to totally change your lives, that, that none of you will be the same as you engage with the very many ways that you can engage in prayer um, and as you continue to fast. I know it's tough fasting with this weather, uh, but God sees your labor, um, and he will reward it. Amen. Um, bring greetings from Shola. She's not here. She's traveling, doing ministry um, abroad. And greetings from Jesus' house uh, as well. Um, just felt led to say this very quickly before I start and ju jump straight into what I'm doing. Um, as I, as I, I knelt there to pray um, before I came on, I felt that I should just uh, say as a church, uh, I know you do it already, but as a church, appreciate your pastors. Um, appreciate them. You know, when we pastor, sometimes the, shepherd, the shepherds bleed and um, it's, it's a church that loves and cares and appreciates and shows their appreciation that encourages us as we continue the work. So wherever you are, Leicester, Cambridge, online, and you, those of you in here, um, I just want you to appreciate Karen and Dave. Maybe you can rise to your feet and show your appreciation for many years of service. Go on. Many years of service. Yeah. Amazing pastor, absolutely amazing pastor. Thank you, thank you. And, 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 and don't just do it one Sunday, you know, just appreciate them, say it, you know, acts of appreciation. They're not asking for it, but trust me, I'm in that position. And when it's done to me, there's a warmth that fills my heart. Uh, it energizes me to continue to know that the people you're serving appreciate your serving them. Father, we just want to thank you for your word as we go into it. Lord, we're trusting that it will completely change our lives. It will be brick upon brick, adding to what has already been said. 
um, last week by, by Dave. Just take control, Lord, as we submit and yield ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, um, we are in the second week uh, of uh, the 21 days of the pursuit of God, of, seeking, of, of praying and fasting. Um, our text is taken from Luke, the 11th chapter, specifically um, verses 9 and 10. But if you know the context of Luke, the 11th chapter, the first 13 verses of Luke, the 11th cha chapter, are an amazing teaching by Jesus on prayer. Um, and it's in response to one of his disciples, as you know, asking, Lord, teach us to pray. And then he goes on to give them a pattern of prayer and to teach them some, <coughs> some fundamental principles of prayer. And it's, it's in that that he now says to them, so I say to you, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, verse 9, knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. And then he goes on to give this, uh, paint this picture that drives home what he has said and drives home the kind of God that, that we serve. There are certain broad themes that, that, that are obvious from, from those scriptures. And whilst that's not what I want to talk about today, but let me just share, say four broad themes from what he says there. Number one is that prayer works. He makes it clear that prayer works. That's the whole essence. Ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, shall be open to you. What was Jesus saying to them? This thing works. Yeah, so our praying is not an exercise in futility. Our praying is not to congratulate ourselves that we have prayed. Our praying, as he says in his teaching on the mount, uh, our praying is about the reward that we get from our praying. Um, so that's the first thing, prayer works. Second thing, prayer is based on a relationship. He makes that clear. Your father would do this to you. It's the relationship that matters. Third thing, um, true prayer always is earnest. Um, we can wish for a lot of things, but that's not praying. Uh, where prayer is the effectual, fervent, fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. Not, effect, not, not the wishes of a righteous man, but the fervent praying of a righteous man. And then the fourth thing he drives home to us is that the Holy Spirit is essential to this process. But what I want to talk to you about is really, I want to talk to you about a number of things that I feel are key to this process of seeking God. And seeking God would be uh, our prayer of devotion. Um, whilst um, last week, Dave would have spoken about our prayer of petition. Next week, James will speak about our prayer of intercession. But seeking God is about our prayer of petition. I want to talk about some practical things that we can put in our lives. It's a sort of a cause correction, um, I feel, for me, as I prepared this. It was God saying to me, you know, you're going to preach to people, but preach to yourself first and, and correct a few things. So I feel this will be like a cause correction for us. Uh, just some foundational things that help us as we seek God in our prayer of devotion. Number one, of course, is the obvious thing, pray. Um, it is that you actually do it, that you set aside the time to pray. And including, include, I'll include in that all the other disciplines of worship and fasting, that you actually do it. 
You know, you, we can talk about it, we can think it's a good idea, but if you don't set aside the time for it, if you don't fight the, the, the tyranny of busyness and the tyranny of this frantic, frenetic life and carve out time, and sometimes you're wrestling for that time, then it simply won't happen. So that's the first thing, the prayer and the worship and the fasting. And I want to just say to someone that uh, cultivate the habit of conversational prayer if you really want to have a life of devotion to God because you can't pray for the whole day. You've got to go to work. You've got to get on with stuff. But you can pray without ceasing if you cultivate the habit of conversational prayer. Talk to God all the time on your way to Sainsbury's, on your way to work, while you're in the gym, while you're having a meal, talk to God all the time. Number two, his word. And it's the five things that we have to do with his word that are critical. Reading the word. But please don't stop there. Study the word. And most of us know what studying is. The same way you worked for that degree and that diploma, at least you must give the same application to the Word of God. And thankfully, we are helped by technology now. I mean, I'm not sure, Dave, you remember when, when we'd be traveling in those days and you had to have a separate suitcase to preach because you had to have a big concordance and some commentaries and, and all kinds of things. So you're going to preach somewhere, you have a small case with your clothes and then a big suitcase with all your whole library. But now it's all on a phone. It's on some gadget. So we have, no, we, we have no excuses. We have to study the Word and then meditate on the Word. It's not good enough just to read it. That's good. But it's not good enough just to read and study it. We must meditate on the Word if we are going to find ourselves in that place where we are living that life of devotion in our prayers. And then not just meditating on it, we must confess it, speak it. Because reading and studying is great, meditating is great, but if it doesn't come out of our mouths, if we don't declare it, if we don't shape our world with it, then it's, it, it doesn't achieve the full impact that it should. So speak the word, learn to speak the word. Learn to respond to circumstances with the Word of God. And lastly, do the Word. Obey the Word. Because every other thing can fall flat if we are reading, studying, meditating, speaking, but disobeying the Word. Number three. Find what I call quiet spaces. Now this is a big challenge. Because life just happens. Despite our best intentions, life happens. This morning I was thinking about it and I thought to myself, Agu, life, just, life happened to you this last two months. My father died on the 7th of July. In the, in the African context, don't, funerals are just something else. Crazy. Everybody shows up at your house expecting to be fed. From the time your father dies or your loved one dies, especially if the person is older, till you bury them. 
So they're showing up at the house every day. Nine o'clock when I was back, back in Nigeria. Nine o'clock I come down and the house is full. And they say they came to commiserate with me. But they're coming to eat our food. <laughs> and that continues. It's just endless. And so for two months, I've had a full-time job of burying one man. Life just happened. I'm totally distracted from everything. So as I was preparing this, God said, physician, heal yourself first. You have the issue. We've got to fight that tyranny of busyness, this frantic, frenetic life that wants to take us away from God. And sometimes it's not just happening around us, it's happening in our heads, in our minds. And we've got to know that it's in those quiet spaces a lot of the time that God moves and reveals himself. You know, I love the story in 1 Kings 19 um, verse, from verse 11 about the prophet Elijah after he'd done all his stuff on Mount Carmel and he'd gone through this terribly low period where he was contemplating suicide and God wants to reveal himself to him. And so he gets an instruction from God, go and stand on the mountain, um, and, and then the Lord passes by. Uh, and, and a great wind, strong wind, tore into the mountains and broke the rocks before the Lord. But then the Lord was not in the wind. And then there was an earthquake after the wind, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. And you know, sometimes we're like that. We're looking for God in the wind, in the earthquake, in the fire. But God wasn't in any of those things. And then after the fire, a still small voice. So I feel God is saying to someone, there's too much happening around you that's distracting you from this journey of devotion. Number four, in nature. <laughs> the psalmist says in Psalms 19, and I love this, this is one of my favorite Psalms. Psalms 19 verses one to four. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Amazing. The psalmist says, listen, you want to hear from God? You want to get closer to God? Well, look at the heavens. They are declaring something about God. You want to hear from God? Well, look at the firmament. His signature is on them. You want to hear from God? Well, the days are actually speaking. We are just not hearing what they're saying. The nights are revealing knowledge, he says. And he says it's an amazing language they speak. You can understand what they're saying in any language on the earth. You don't need an interpreter and you don't need some dictionary of languages. If you would just still yourself, still your soul, look around you. And sometimes we're, we're looking for God in the dramatic and God is saying, I already spoke by the night. You just missed when, what I said. Sometimes we're asking for God, give me a prophetic word, a prophetic word. And we're expecting all the drama of what we think and how we think the prophetic word comes. And God says, just go out, look up to the skies, and you will see my signature there. And so for a lot of us who are city guys, who have grown up in, concrete, in a concrete jungle, 
we need to somehow figure out how this concrete jungle won't cut off this means of communication that draws us into a life of devotion. Number five, in our day-to-day -day life encounters, <laughs> the divine is all around us. But sometimes religion creates in our minds a, a, a picture of what the divine should look like and how it should come. We need to ask God for a God consciousness as we go through our lives. You'll be amazed as to how much of God we can see in each other when we have that God con consciousness. How the simple things, what we would term the mundane things, are speaking volumes about God, drawing us closer, deeper into a relationship with Him. Our daily encounters, it's almost like, I'm sure you've heard this before, someone says to you, there are a lot of pink cars in Peterborough, and you say, no, get off. What are you talking about? Pink cars. Who buys a pink car? I mean, there are hardly any. And he says, there are a lot of pink cars in Peterborough. And after that conversation, you go out. Now, because you're looking for pink cars, you start to see pink cars everywhere. And you're thinking, wow, I didn't realize there were so many pink cars in Peterborough. They've always been there. But you hadn't averted your mind to them and so they drove by you and you didn't even have an idea. So the moment you, you decided, I'm looking for pink cars, you saw one in the Tesco car park, you saw one at the gym, you saw one drive by you on the motorway. I mean, pink cars everywhere. And you're thinking, wow, I didn't realize they manufactured so many pink cars. It's the same with God. When you decide that you want a God consciousness, I want to see God not just in church at Kingsgate on a Sunday, but I want to see God every minute, every day, in everything that I do. And suddenly, you're amazed because you've opened up yourself to that. You go for a meeting with, with, the, with, with the head teacher at your child's school, and somehow in that meeting, God reveals himself. You go for the mundane task of just trying to slow down the aging process at the gym, and somehow God is in it, somehow. And before you can say, I mean, God just starts to pop up everywhere because you've, you've forced yourself to have a God consciousness. Number six. What are these? These are just habits that I'm hoping we can inculcate. Maybe we already have them, but maybe we can bring them back that help us as we pursue God, seek God. Number six, a heart of gratitude. Just being grateful to God for what he has done just somehow has a way of centering your heart and propelling you on this journey of devotion. I think the Bible kind of wraps it up. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, in all things, in all things. 
And doesn't matter what version you read, you can't get out of that in all things. And then Ephesians 5, verse 24, all things. So in all things, give thanks. For all things, give thanks. And that kind of sums it up. It, it, for a Christian, you, you don't have a choice but to give thanks if you want to obey the Bible. No matter how difficult, how hard, how challenging the Bible is saying to you, if you look closely enough, you can see God in it. And there will be something to give thanks to God for. It's not saying that we don't acknowledge the pain, the challenge, the difficulty. You know, when, when my, my, my first wife passed away at a young age from cancer, 41 years old, and when people came to me, I said, I said to them, you know, this is painful. This is not what we planned at all. And you know, I'm a man of prayer. So when she was diagnosed, I prayed. And not just me, almost everybody who I knew who could pray, prayed. Some of the big generals of prayer around the world. But she, she died. And I remember saying to someone, you know, in the midst of this pain, I thought to myself, well, God, I want to thank you for giving her to us for 15 years. I found something to say thank you to God for. And those things are precious to God because you're saying, God, I don't understand this. I'm in pain. The business has collapsed. It's gone pear-shaped. I'm dealing with this challenge. This person is still ill, but I thank you for this and that. And when thanksgiving comes to God like that, it is so precious. Because in the thanksgiving, you are actually saying to God, I might be confused, I don't understand it, but one thing I know, you are still in control. And then when it comes to the, the easier things, let's just learn to, let's learn to cast our minds back. I mean, growing up in Sunday school, they, they taught us a song. Um, count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what God has done. I think so, we need to write that song everywhere. Count your blessings, name them one by one. I know we're believing God for this and we're believing God for that and we've got this one we're believing God for. But just for a moment, pause and reflect and count your blessings. See what he has done. And that songwriter says it will surprise so many of us that wow, God has done so much already. And lastly, one of the broad themes I spoke about is the Holy Spirit. In fact, when Jesus, in that scripture, when Jesus compares the Father to dysfunctional man, he ends up by saying, verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will you your heavenly Father, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And that 
really is the crunch. Uh, this whole journey in devotion, because you see the whole essence of, of the prayer of devotion, it's, it's on the tracks of a relationship. And the whole, the whole idea is to keep moving along those tracks. We want to get as close to him as possible. The psalmist says in Psalms 42 verse 1, as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for him. We want to keep moving with each passing day, each passing week. At the end of 21 days, you want to find that as you engage in the prayer of devotion, in seeking him, in pursuing him, you want to find out at the end of 21 days that I'm not where I was. I'm closer, deeper, moved further along this trajectory of this relationship. But then, if you're truthful to yourself, you'll know it's easier said than done. Frankly, if you are very truthful to yourself, you'll admit failure before you start. Because you know that life is going to happen. And so when you do that, then you know you need help. And that's where the helper comes in. It's impossible to stir up your heart yourself to have the passion and the, the zest to pursue God. You can crank it up for two or three days. But when you have one bad week at work, it goes out of the window. When you have some encounters in life, it's over. But it is possible if we lean on the Spirit of God for the Spirit of God to set our hearts on fire and continue to feed that fire and continue to pull us along this trajectory. And at the times when we throw up our hands and throw the toys out of the pram and sit down the way some kids sit in the supermarket, I'm, Daddy, I'm not going anywhere, and they sit on the floor. The Holy Spirit just carries us along on this journey because we are yielded and submitted to him. And as I end today, I want to end on this note. The picture the Lord gave me was that a lot of us in our minds want to do it. Dave, we want to do it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> they want to do it. I want to do it. We want to seek God. But a lot of debris has been thrown into the wells that are in us. Debris from life circumstances, issues we've dealt with, things we haven't done right, encounters we've had, fatigue that is physical, sometimes mental, sometimes emotional. And so the Lord said, until all this debris, debris is removed, the wells can't flow again. And the phrase he gave me for Kingsgate is that he wants to, in this 21 days, unstop the wells. Take out all the debris so that the wells can flow again. Fresh water, living water. And so, before I make a, a call for people who want the wells to be unstopped, and we trust the Holy Spirit, that's his job, that's what he does. Wherever you are, Leicester, Cambridge, online, you're in person here in Peterborough. The first thing you want to settle is the issue of that relationship. Because you can't move along a trajectory if you're not at the start of the trajectory. 
And how do you do that? You simply accept him as your Lord and Savior. Simple as that. You receive the gift of salvation. It's given, but you've got to receive it. And so, if there's anyone who is here in person, you're at Leicester or in Cambridge, you're watching online, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it'd be my privilege to pray with you as you open your heart and receive him as your Lord and Savior. If you would love to say that prayer, why don't you say it after me? Heavenly Father, this morning, I open up my heart to receive your son Jesus into my heart and into my life as my Lord and Savior. I thank you for this gift of salvation. I ask that you will help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. And by this prayer, I declare that I'm now a child of yours, born again today into your kingdom and your family. In Jesus' name. And together we say amen and we celebrate all those who have said that prayer, wherever you've said that prayer. I'm sure there'll be instructions online and, and I'm sure there'll be some instructions as to what to do if you said that prayer. And now, just want to do the second thing that the Lord laid on my heart. The Spirit of God wants to move, whether you're here, Cambridge, Leicester, or online, to unstop wells. And so you know, <laughs> nobody knows better than you. Like I, I, I confessed to God this morning as I kind of did my final preparation. I said, God, this message is not really for Kingsgate. This is my message. Because the well had been, the debris was a lot. And I was just going through the motions, doing the right things. And that's the thing, you can watch people and they seem to be doing okay. But really, they, 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 they're just going through the motions. But that intimacy that fuels the pursuit, that knowing the ways of God, that separated Moses from the children of Israel who knew his acts, the psalmist tells us. Something has gone wrong there. And maybe I'm speaking to someone who's saying, you know what, <laughs> I get you. It might be someone is saying, I'm just tired. Tired. The debris is a massive rocks of fatigue. A lot of dirt. That's not necessarily sin. And for some it might be sin. But just fatigue. Someone might say it's just the debris of distractions. For some it's the debris of anxiety and worry that has clogged the wells. For some it's just a frantic, frenetic life. Where rather than God being the priority, people have slotted God in. So there's a God compartment and then there's all these things happening around me. Not sure where you are. But if you're that person and you're saying, I need these wells unclogged, would you just rise to your feet wherever you are? Rise to your feet. We're going to believe the Holy Spirit, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Rise to your feet. And those of you online, type it into the chat. I'm that person. Go on, just let the hosts 
of the hostesses know that there's somebody out there who is saying, I need these wells unclogged. In Peterborough, in Cambridge and Leicester, same thing, rise to your feet where you are. And we're just going to trust as we just worship God that there'll be a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit himself will do what only he can do. Begin to toss those, those rocks and all that, all that, all that mess that all that debris out of our hearts and that fresh springs of water will start to flow. It can happen in the next 10 minutes if we just trust God to do it. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Go on. Why don't you just, just as we worship, just begin to trust God, trust God. Don't talk to him. That's what it's about. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will send you a helper. Right now, we need help in that area. Go on. So why don't you start talking to him and then let's trust the, the Spirit of God as the worship team leads us to worship God, that there be an outpouring of the Spirit of God, um, both in, in all the various, various platforms, all the various places that we are connected. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.